This is the word of the Lord from the book of Mark, chapter 2, first in Spanish and the second part in English. Aconteció que Jesús pasaba por los sembrados en sábado y sus discípulos se pusieron a caminar arrancando espigas. Los fariseos le decían, mira, ¿por qué hacen en el sábado lo que no es lícito? Y él les dijo, nunca han leído que hizo David cuando tuvo necesidad y pasó hambre él y los que estaban con él. How he entered the house of God in the time of Abiathar, Abiathar, the high priest, and ate the bread of the presence, which is not lawful for anyone to eat except the priest, and also gave some to his companions. Then he told them, the Sabbath was made for man and not man for the Sabbath. So then the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath. Good morning, everybody. How's everybody doing? Groovy. That's what I heard. I like it. My name is Steve. I'm one of the pastors here. Today we're going to talk about rest. I'm going to try not to be this chill and mellow for the rest of the time, but <laughs> bring out the dulcet tones. Uh, what we are going to start with, though, is we're going to start with taking a moment and we're going to sit in silence in the presence of God Almighty. Uh, which we are already in, by the way, where any two of you are gathered in my name, there I'm in the midst, so we don't have to invite him here, he's already here. But we're going to take a minute to just to acknowledge that and to sit in silence in his presence, and we're going to invite him and his Holy Spirit to convict us so that we might repent and walk closer with him. So I'm going to ask you to put your feet flat on the floor, get stuff out of your hands, I want you to take a few purposeful, deep breaths in through the nose and out through the mouth. Close your eyes and just relax. We're going to sit here for a moment in the presence of God in silence. Father, as we move now into a time where we study your word May you quiet our hearts and our minds and help us to focus our attention on you. May the words that I speak this morning be aligned with your scripture and only be truth. May you change us and draw us closer to you, make us more like you. Father, help us to understand this gift that you've given us called Sabbath, that we might rest in you. And Lord, we say these things in Jesus' name. Amen. If you don't know me very well, I'm not really a resting kind of a guy. My job in life is actually 24-7, 365. I am always on the clock. That's just the way that my job works. Now, granted, I'm not out digging ditches every day either. Right, But that phone rings, that email comes across. It's so easy for me to just grab it and do it and go. And so when uh, Aaron and I were talking about Sabbath rest and that I was going to preach this sermon, I thought, ooh, I better learn what that means. <laughs> I should really try to figure that out. So, uh, so really, I'm just really terrible at rest. That's what you need to know. So this sermon that I'm going to preach this morning is, uh, I don't have any direct quotations from people outside of scripture, 
but just know that nothing that I'm saying to you today is anything that I made up on my own. This is an amalgamation of conversations that I had and sermons that I listened to and articles that I read and things that I listened to. And there's a few of the references uh, online. If you want to pop on there, you can see them. Things that I watched and listened to when I'm in preparation for this. Being that I told you I'm terrible at rest, I don't consider myself a workaholic, but that's pretty much what I am. So this morning, I want you to understand, uh, there was a spiritual teacher that said this once, and so I'm going to steal this phrase from him. Um, We're going to walk each other home on this one. Now, what that means is is that I don't have it down pat, you don't have it down pat, but we're going to walk together as we learn it and work it out in our lives, right? Right? Some of you are like, I totally have this Sabbath thing down, Steve. Liar. But (laughs) maybe you do. Maybe you do. Maybe you do. All right. Sabbath is one of those words that can sometimes be loaded. As I was writing this and thinking about Sabbathing, I started thinking about courting. You guys remember there was a book that came out a hot minute ago called Kiss Dating Goodbye? You guys remember that? In it, the author promoted the idea of courtship, that we should, that boys and girls, I mean, young people should court each other instead of date each other. And then he spent an entire book rebranding dating by calling it courting. (laughs) I think of Sabbath like that sometimes, right? There's all kinds of books and all kinds of stuff that you can read. And basically what they do is they take work and they rebrand it as rest, Right? So it's kind of a loaded word in our culture, the Sabbath, Sabbathing. I'm Sabbathing. So today I want you to understand we're going to start with the big picture and then I'm going to break it down from there. So the big picture that I want you to get this morning is this. Jesus is our Sabbath rest. Now that's a big, like, whoa, what does that mean? That's this huge, nimbus, ungrabbable concept that Jesus is our Sabbath rest. But I'm going to spend the rest of our time together here talking about exactly what that means. And so in order to do that, we have to start from the beginning. Just like uh, we, we read earlier, remember, this is where it starts for us, rest. Jesus said, come unto me, all you who are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. He didn't say, I'm going to give you work. He didn't say, I'm going to give you more to do. He didn't say, I'm going to give you the ability or the strength to do all the things that you need to do in every single second. He said, come unto me and I will give you rest. And so that's important for us to understand. So let's start in the beginning. What is Sabbath? It's such a cool word, Sabbath. You know what the Spanish word for Saturday is? Sabado. It's the same root, Sabbath, Sabado. You know what Saturday means in English? Anybody? Saturn's day. Saturn's day. It doesn't have anything to do with resting. <laughs> so what is Sabbath? Sabbath, the word Sabbath comes from the word Shabbat. Shabbat literally means to cease working. So a way that that could be used in our context and understanding is uh, every evening, if you're a person that clocks in and clocks out, lucky you, if you're a person that can clock in and clock out, 
When you clock out at the end of the day, you are Shabbat, ceasing work. That's what the word means. But of course, we understand from scripture and teachings and the things that we're going to talk about today, that Sabbath is a lot more than just not working. It's bigger than that. So we're going to take a look at the origins of Sabbath. Number one, you need to understand that Sabbath was created by God. Thus, here's what the scripture says, Genesis chapter 2. Now remember, he's just created everything that there is to be created. And he has finished that by saying, it is good. Right? And then he says, the Bible says this. Thus the heavens and the earth were finished and all the host of them. And on the seventh day, God finished his work that he had done. And he rested on the seventh day from all his work that he had done. So God blessed the seventh day and made it holy. Because on it, God rested from all his work that he had done in creation. So in the very beginning of the Bible, we get the story of God creating and working, and we talked about that last week. Aaron did a great job showing us how uh, even though uh, the work that we do now is corrupted, but that through Christ it is redeemed, and the work that we do is positive and God-honoring. And so now as we talk today about resting, we need to understand that in the very beginning of creation, when God had showed us how to work correctly, he also showed us how to rest Correctly, Do you think God went, like, he finished the last thing, like, put the ring on Saturn and went, whew, I'm whooped, I need to sit down now. No, that wasn't even, those were just words coming out of his mouth. He didn't need to rest. He sat down and stopped working to show us that that's what we need. You see, in creation, you have the day that is shown to us in creation, the sun and the moon, Right? 24-hour cycle, that's a day. We see that in the heavens, in creation. The month is set up around the moon and how it rotates around the earth, and we see that in creation. The year is our, our uh, earth uh, rotating around the sun, and we can see that in creation. The week, seven days, has no point outside of the creation story. Six days of labor, one day of rest. God created it. He created it for us. It's a rhythm that he put into creation for us to understand that we need that rest. The second thing is uh, here in Mark chapter 2, which Sarah read for us in verse number 27, Jesus said, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. And we're going to talk specifically more about what that second part of that means here in a moment, not man for the Sabbath, but Sabbath was made for man. He says Sabbath was made for man. Jesus himself tells us that Sabbath was created for us. It's a gift that's to be enjoyed and not a hardship that's to be endured. Now we're talking about the origins of Sabbath right now, and in a moment we're going to talk about some of the problems that we create for ourselves in in trying to fix this or work in it. But we need to understand that this is a gift for us. This rest is a gift for us. And we're Protestants, and Protestants are known for what? Do you guys know? Work ethic. Nobody ever said, oh, you have that Protestant rest ethic. That's easy for you to say. Nobody ever says that. We're known as Protestants. The word Protestant means protest. We're fighters right off the bat, and we don't like to rest. 
right? Our work ethic, that's what we focus on. But here in scripture, God says, no, I need you to stop. I need you to stop and I need you to rest. Notice when God rested, when, and he's showing us this. When God rested, it wasn't because he was tired or labored. He was enjoying what he had done. You ever made something with your hands and when you got done with it, you looked at it and you're like, wow, look at that. That's pretty cool. And then it like fell apart and maybe that's just me. That's how my things go. But it's that idea that we need to rest and we need to stop. And he created that for us. Third thing we need to understand about, and this is the most important thing about Sabbath rest, is that it is fulfilled in redemption. Deuteronomy tells us, uh, this is the, um, in Deuteronomy it says, you shall remember that you were a slave in the land of Egypt and the Lord your God brought you out from there with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. Therefore, the Lord your God commanded you to keep the Sabbath. You see, in redemption, in the completed work of Christ on the cross, uh, his Sabbath rest, his resurrection guarantees for us that eternal Sabbath can be realized. You see, that, and we can see that uh, he went into a Sabbath rest in the, uh, after the death burial. The burial is a Sabbath rest for him. Then he gets up and com- uh, completes the work. And then in because of that, we get to rest in that eternally. Now, this is the nimbus part, right? Jesus is our Sabbath rest. It's because of him that we have any of that that we can do. We get to have a taste, a small taste of that eternal Sabbath through the freedom that is brought about by Jesus. So Ephesians tells us, uh, Aaron mentioned this verse last week, Ephesians chapter 2, For by grace are you saved through faith, that not of yourselves it is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. So even in our salvation, this resting for us is shown. Because we don't do anything for it. God created it. God uh, did it. He saved us. We didn't work for it. We can't work for it now. So in the redemption, we see the fulfillment of the Sabbath. All right, let's jump into Sabbath traps. This is where the stuff gets. All of that was background information about the Sabbath and how it was brought about and how it works and functions. Now we're going to talk about what, how bad we mess it up. Common Sabbath traps, that's what we're going to talk about. The first one I call is over-legalization. So I could mention a denomination or two here. And you would understand what I'm talking about. I could talk about our incessant need for rules and regulations. But what we're really talking about here is that we are, if we're not careful and we don't understand Sabbath, we can get caught in this trap and make take this practice of Sabbath and make it a burden on us. Matthew chapter 12, Jesus says this, but when the Pharisees saw it, they said to him, look, your disciples are doing what is not lawful to do on the Sabbath. This is one of the things that I love because one of the things that we do is we like to say, uh, and a lot of Christians do, hey, when Jesus came, all of the law of the Old Testament was kind of taken out, right? We don't have to mess with all of those things, and so we can do what we want in all of this. But I want you to understand that Sabbathing, and this is a point where I got an, uh, an amen, oh me, ouch moment this week, is that the Sabbath is not part of the Levitical laws, There are Levitical laws that concern the Sabbath, but the Sabbath is in the top 10. Do you know what I'm saying? 
Now, nobody ever said, well, when Jesus came, you know, he wiped out the Ten Commandments and we don't have to worry about that. What's the first commandment? No other gods. Second commandment. No graven images. Anybody have problems with these two? Like, oh, nope, I'm not practicing that one. No, we, we, we are in that. We got that. Number three. Anybody know? It's a quiz. I won't take the Lord's name in vain. Number four. Remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. Number five. I'm not going to go through all ten. Don't steal. <laughs> don't kill. Don't do bad stuff. All of the Ten Commandments, we take those Ten Commandments and we say, yes, absolutely. Sabbath is right there in the center of it. This is where the amen o me moment came for me. Because we have a tendency to not Sabbath. Not because we don't love God. Not because we don't want to do those things. But it gets put on the back burner. And then sometimes we can justify that by saying, ah, it was part of the law and we don't have to mess with it. Right? But it's not true. It's part of the Ten Commandments. It's right there. Top ten. So when, what happened, what can happen though then is on the flip of that is we can over-legalize. Okay, so the Sabbath is in the Ten Commandments, then it has to be a law and then we have to make it a thing, right? And so uh, at 6 p.m. on Friday, we're going to shut down and nothing's going to happen and we're not going to go anywhere and we're not going to do anything. And I'm going to go down into a basement and I'm going to smack myself with a read or something and read scripture and, oh, wow, man, chill, but this is what we do. We over-legalize it, right? We got to, oh, this is a thing. Let's make it a thing then, right? The second trap we get into is the complete opposite of that, over-spiritualization. We did a whole sermon series on the Sermon on the Mount. You guys remember that? Oh, man, it's been a while since I preached, I guess. You guys can talk back. I'll talk to you, you can talk to me. It's a conversation, we're gonna have fun. <clears throat> a while back, we did a whole series on the Sermon on the Mount. You guys remember that? Yeah. That's what I'm talking about. In the Sermon on the Mount, I love you guys. In the Sermon on the Mount, one of the things that Jesus talks about is he talks about the fact that like, uh, lust equals adultery and hate equals murder. Right, So what he does is he says those outward actions that are sin and sinful actually come from a heart that is sin and sinful. And he starts focusing our attention on the fact that what's happening is happening in here and outward is an expression of that. So now I can take that sentiment then and I can turn it on its head and I can bring it back around and say, I don't actually need to rest and do a Sabbath because it's all about the heart. I'm just going to rest in my soul that's what I'm going to do. And so the temptation there is to do things like, have you ever got, I didn't hear about this until I started studying. Have you ever heard of a micro-Sabbath? It sounds dumb, yeah? It did to me. But it's, it, in the corporate world, they, they actually talk about it quite often. It's these little breaks that you take in the middle of the day to just kind of recenter and focus yourself. It's not even like a full, like I got up and got a cup of coffee kind of a thing. It's a like, oh. Okay. 
Now, when we over-spiritualize it, we can get into this micro-sabbathing. Like, I don't really need to take a whole day. I don't need to do these things. I don't need to do all of that. I'm just going to take a deep breath, and I'm going to jump back into my work. And doing all of these little micro-sabbaths is really going to bring me closer to God and, and, and all of those things. And so we can get into that trap of over-spiritualization. The reality is it is in the Ten Commandments, and the reality of it is is that it is a 24-hour period of time. Oof. So we can use that to justify our own bad behavior, our own workaholicism. I'll say it right sometime. I can do that myself. Well, you know, God knows where my heart's at, and so I'm going to rest when I'm dead, and I'm just going to keep going. We can over-spiritualize it. The third one, I don't know if I used this word correctly or not, but it has a shun on the end of it, so I liked it. Over-conceptualization. Over-conceptualization. I told you the last time that I uh, spoke that I grew up in a fundamentalist uh, household, and and I love that I did. And one of the things that we can do is we can take something that's biblical and Jewish and Old Testament, and we can wash it in the Holy Spirit and bring it into the New Testament and Christianize it, right? So when I was growing up, I wouldn't, my, my folks never would have used the word celebrate for this, but it was definitely a part of, of our routine and our rhythm of things. We celebrated what's commonly referred to, and maybe some of you have heard this too, the Lord's Day. You ever heard of that? So on the Lord's Day, which is Sunday, not Saturday, because Saturday is the Sabbath and Saturday and Saturday Sabbathing is Jewish. But if we bring it into the Christian world now, it's the Lord's Day and it's Sunday. So we would wake up every uh, Sunday morning and then we would come to church and worship was a part of our Sunday. And then we would go home and there would be a big family meal. Uh, My mom would throw something in the oven and it would be always perfect when we got home from church, just the right spot. And then as soon as that was over, um, then whatever sports season it was, we took a nap to whatever was on TV. So the, uh, napping around the sound of Richard Petty, just ripping around the old NASCAR track. Or, but then we had to get up and go back to church because it was 6 o'clock church, right? There was church on Sunday nights. Do you guys remember those days? Some of you are like, no, what are you talking about? And then we'd go to church again, and then we'd come home, and that was the Lord's Day. Now, what happened in that nap time was you couldn't go anyplace. You didn't go anywhere. You didn't hang out with your friends. You didn't go to the mall. You didn't go shopping. You didn't go skateboarding or surfing. You didn't get to do any of those things. You just had to sit at the house. That's why naps happened, because I was sitting on the couch going, really, NASCAR again? And I was out. I just offended all the NASCAR fans in the room. So it was a, a, a legalized form. Now, the really interesting thing about that is society was built to help us with that. You guys know blue laws? Half of the room, the older part just went, yes, I remember. Yeah, blue laws, that was a law that said that nothing could be open, right? So imagine the whole world is Chick-fil-A. That's the way it was. You get a craving for a chicken sandwich on Sunday, you're in trouble. The whole world was like that. If you get a craving for gas in my tank on Sunday, you're in trouble. So the society was built for us to kind of 
designed around that idea of the Lord's day. The reason I'm talking about this over-conceptualization is because what we can do then is we can take something that God meant for us to be uh, good and beneficial, and we can actually re-legalize it, but in a, in a, in a not harsh way legalization kind of way, but just here's a new concept of this, and so you guys kind of figure it out. These are the traps that we can get into. None of that is biblical, though. So let's take a look at the Jesus way. How did Jesus Sabbath? The Jesus way. So Jesus, he says, and this is where we're going we're gonna to spend this entire section right here talking about um, that statement that Jesus makes where he says, I am the Lord of the Sabbath. I love that statement when he says that to those guys. They're like, look, these guys are doing the thing. And he said, listen, Sabbathing, uh, Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. At the end of that, he says, I'm the Lord of the Sabbath. You, let me translate that for you in something that I would say if that had been me saying that. I, I'm going to do what I want. That's what he said, right? And in, in Mark chapter 3, in the next chapter, he actually brings a guy up and says, hey, uh, should I heal this guy or not heal this guy on the Sabbath? And they're like, mm. and so he says, you guys are dumb. I'm going to heal him. <laughs> That's the SJV, the Steve Jones version. So the first thing that we need to understand about the Jesus way of Sabbath is, is that it's for healing. The Sabbath is for healing. Now, remember, we live in a workaholic society where uh, the more time you spend on the clock, the more valuable you are. It doesn't matter how much work you're actually getting done. We just want you to be here and do the things, right? And we value that kind of stuff. And what we're trying to do is refocus our minds and our brains to do it God's way, right? The sad part about, remember, you get a whole day of rest, but in our world, uh, our week is not six and one, it's five and two. So now you're going to have to go six and one, not five and two. Uh Uh-oh. The Jesus way is for healing. He says in chapter three, let me read this to you. Again, he entered into the synagogue and a man was there with a withered hand and they watched Jesus to see whether he would heal him on the Sabbath so that they might accuse him. And he said to the man with the withered hand, come here. And he said to them, is it lawful on the Sabbath to do good or to do harm, to save life or to kill it? But they were silent. And he looked around them with anger, grieved at their hardness of hearts. And he said to the man, stretch out your hand. He stretched it out and his hand was restored. The Pharisees went out and immediately held counsel with the Herodians against him how to destroy him. Notice it says that he was grieved He was angered, and he was grieved at the hardness of their hearts. They were willing to follow the letter of the law over actually healing and helping someone. And so when Jesus says, I'm the Lord of the Sabbath, and he says, I do what I want, it's really about giving us that opportunity for healing. Now, that healing can be for other people, as we see in Jesus here, but that healing can also be for ourselves, You ever had one of those work weeks when you come home and you're just like, I am done. Like I am through with all of this. And what I just really need is I just need a break, like a real live break. And you start planning a vacation and then all these things start rolling through your minds. But really, if we just got into this rhythm and allowed ourselves to heal as we flowed through life, we'd be a lot better off. Secondly, the Jesus way of doing Sabbath is not only is it for healing, but it's for worship. 
In Ezekiel, God says this, I gave them my Sabbaths as a sign between me and them that they may know that I am the Lord who sanctifies them. Our Sabbath was created in part for us to recognize that God is working in our lives and to give him praise for it. You see, if we can stop for a minute, uh, Kelsey and I were having a conversation just before we started the service, and if we could just realize that what he has designed is for us to stop and to give it to him and let him do it and see what he is capable of instead of trying to do it all on our own. And when you take that time and you stop and you trust him and you say, you know what, you're the God of the universe and you can do anything that you want and you can handle all the things, all the things that are in my life, the big stuff, small stuff, heavy stuff, work stuff, life stuff, all of that. And I'm going to trust you to take care of it. And in doing so, I'm going to worship you and give you praise in it. And then I'm going to rest in your presence. That's worship. And if we would trust him and just step back and say, hey, let's see what he does with all of this. Because we think if I had one more day of work, I could get so much more done. Finally, the Jesus way is for connection. In Deuteronomy chapter 5, this is straight from the list of the Ten Commandments. In verse number 12, the Bible says this. But the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, you or your sons or your daughters, your male servant, your female servant, your ox or your donkey or any of your livestock, or the sojourner who is within your gates that your male servant and your female servant may rest as well as you. So not only does God want you to rest, but he wants all of yours to rest. And the reason he wants you to rest and he wants all of yours to rest is because he wants you to do that together. Because the idea here, go back to Genesis. God creates everything that there is and he makes man and he does the thing and then it's all good. And then he stops his labor and he chills out with man. And he is with him and they are together and they are enjoying God's creation. It's about connection. It's about connectivity. This resting is a moment for us to slow down and to stop and to look around us and realize that there are other human beings in our lives. You see, we live in a world today where you can walk through Fred Myers or Walmart or whatever store. You're going to walk by a thousand people. And when you walk outside that door, if you stop for a moment and say, did I see anybody? And the reality of it is, is that you were running for whatever it was that you were going to get and you got the thing and you ran out and you probably went through a self-checkout line so you didn't even talk to another human being and you got into your car and you don't realize that you just walked past a thousand people. And it's because we don't have that rhythm of slowing it down. Slow it down. It's about connection. It's about healing for our bodies and for our souls. It's about worshiping God. It's about connectivity with one another and with God. We're so fast and so patient. It's like when I was in Bible college, we studied scripture so much that it all became academic and it lost its realness. We looked at the Greek words and the Hebrew words and we stopped realizing that it was touching us and a part of us. That's a danger that can happen to us even in our lives. We run around, even this Sunday service and all the stuff that we do can just wrap it all up and we forget what it is that we're here to do. Connect with one another. Worship the God of the universe. That's the Jesus way of the Sabbath. 
All right, because I'm a practical guy, I'm going to give you some practical things. Now that I've got you to understand that there's, we shouldn't be legalistic about Sabbath and we shouldn't do all of those things, I'm going to tell you how to fix your Sabbath and set it up right. Here's some practical steps. What I want you to understand about this is that you guys got to, I'm going to give you some practical steps. This is legit. I'm going to give you some practical steps, but we have to understand that each one of us, our lives and the rhythm of our lives is different. Saturday is a day. Paul actually said in uh, one of his New Testament letters that we shouldn't uh, uh, lift up one day over another day, right? And so what, however day this works out for you, that's how it works out for you. Here's some practical steps. The first one about, about Sabbathing. The first one is be intentional. Be intentional. This speaks directly to that idea of the over-spiritualization. Be intentional about your Sabbath rest. Whatever that looks for you and however you set that up for you, uh, do that. Here's another thing. Once you set that up for yourself and however I'm going to do this and however I'm going to work this out, what I want you to do is give yourself grace and liberty that if this week that doesn't work out that way, it doesn't work out that way. Next week, we'll do it. Maybe we'll have to change it up this week, or I'm going to go this way or that way. But be intentional about it. If you're haphazard about it or you're not thinking about it, you're not going to do it. You're going to just keep going. So you've got to be intentional about it. Just like any other spiritual discipline in your life, set aside a time for Sabbath. In Scripture, it is a 24-hour period of time. 24 hours. Secondly, be consistent. Make it, part, make it regular. Make it part of your weekly rhythm. It doesn't have to be regimented, like I said before. The days can fluctuate. What you do on the day can fluctuate. All of those things can fluctuate, but be consistent about it. If you're not intentional and you're not consistent, you're not going to do it. It's a hundred, you have to think about it. You have to say, I have to stop and rest. And I have to make it a thing. And it has to be intentional. You have to be consistent. Finally, I said this, be focused. When we take time for Sabbath, a lot of times what we'll do is we'll trade work for money for work for self. I'm looking at you, lawnmowers. Oh, yeah, I'm not working today. Let me pull my lawnmower out and mow my lawn. Oh, I'm not working today. Let me pull that paint out and paint the kids' rooms. Oh, I'm not working today. But are you resting today? Did you just trade work for, work for money to work for self? Do you see what I mean? Yeah, ouch. That hurts me too. We got to be focused on this. We got to be focused on it. But here's what I don't want you to do. Sometimes when I say we got to be focused on it and you got to rest, you're like, okay, so I just have to sit on my couch and like look at my kids and stuff. <laughs> yeah, NASCAR, taking a nap. Yeah, when, you, when I say be focused, I want you to realize this one thing. What recharges you? This is important because when we get into legalization, we get into everybody gets recharged the same way. If you're a person that is recharged by having a group of people around you, you know one of the best ways that you can rest is to have people over to your house and serve a big meal with all the stuff. If you're crazy like that and like to have all these people all over the place. If you're a person that is recharged by 
being away from people. Yeah. That's what you need to do. Now, I'm a people person. I love to have people all around me, but there's a, I, I have a limit. And at some point, I'm just like, nope, I'm done. You guys got to go. If I was at your house, I'd have left already. <laughs> what is it that recharges you, right? So when you're focusing your Sabbath and you're thinking about those things, what is it that recharges you? Perhaps you're recharged by going out into the woods and walking around. They call that hiking. Perhaps you like to go down to the beach at Edmonds and sit in the rocks that are cold. That's not really a beach. Yeah. (laughs) Do that. Perhaps you like to sit in the backyard and listen to the neighbors fight or whatever's going on. Whatever it is that helps you recharge, focus on that. Now, here's the trick. How many of you are in a marriage or in a relationship where... I am recharged by tons of people, and I am recharged by everyone must leave. Right? Okay, now struggle and conflict. Who wins? Who wins? You got to work that out and how that flows and how that guides. And, and be gracious to each other. Right? No, okay, he or she needs a lot of people, and I need a lot of quiet, and so maybe we can flow this together somehow. But we're going to be focused and we're going to work on that. Because if you're not focused on it, you're not going to do anything at all. This is the big point of the practical steps. Intentional, consistent, focused. If you're not those things, if you're not like, boom, I'm going to work hard to rest. You're not going to rest. You're just going to work hard. Some final words. As I stated in the beginning, I'm no Sabbath expert. I struggle, as we all do, to make time to rest. But the big thing is, and I don't want you to miss the big picture, all of the rest and the Sabbath and communing, the worship, the healing, it all points to one thing. That's Jesus. You see, none of this resting and all of this stuff, it's not about me, it's not about you, it's not about all of these things, it's, not a, it's about Jesus, And apart from the completed work of Christ on the cross and his resurrection, hear this. We have no hope. And if we have no hope, then we have no future. If we have no future, then we have no rest. There is no hope. And so it's all about Christ. And every once in a while, we need to stop and be overwhelmed by the goodness and graciousness of God and what he did for us. To just be consumed by the fact that I am worthless and a wretch, but he died for me anyway because he loves me. And if that doesn't stop you in the core of your being and realize that the God of the universe did that for you, you're missing the point. And so take a moment every single week as God has asked us to do to stop and focus on him and remember what it is that he did and how he showed us that there is hope and that there is a future and that in it is eternal rest. And it is through Jesus Christ, his son. Don't miss that big picture. Jesus is our Sabbath rest. Father, we are so grateful. So grateful that you sent your son to die on the cross for us. So grateful that you have 
taken care of us. You promised that we would never be begging bread as your children. You provide for our every need. You even provide for an opportunity for us to stop and to focus on you and to rest. And so, Lord, now as we uh, close this time where we're studying your word, Father, we just pray that you would again convict us uh, where we have failed to follow after you. Change us. Make us more like you. Draw us closer to you. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.